my mom too, because that was the moment that that year start war in my country. So in that moment when war is, it's like an anarchy, it's not safe, you never know what can happen, a country is destroyed, uh, uh, everywhere around you is just violence and uh, uh, parents are afraid for their kids. The same happened with my parents. So somehow they were happy in that moment that I choose karate and that I will be, let's say, ready to defend myself or at least find a way how to uh, protect myself in any dangerous situations. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Unbound podcast. I'm your host, Yana Filio, and I'm here to bring you inspiring stories, authentic conversations, and people who have pushed the boundaries in sports, business, and everything in between. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's get this party started. Hey guys, and welcome to the very first episode of 2021. Happy New Year. I'm super excited for this episode as I am excited for every episode because I am sitting down with Croatian world karate champion Jelena Kovacevic Herrera. She's a four times world medalist, a nine times European medalist, and I mean, this woman's accomplishments just go on and on and on. And in this episode, we're diving into the hardship she's faced coming from a country of at the time was in war and, you know, facing all these obstacles that really were just drives in her way to greatness. So I think if you're an up and coming athlete looking for an inspirational story, this episode is definitely for you. So without further ado, let's get started. How did you get into um, karate? How did how did this come about? Yeah, that was like uh, more than 30 years ago in the 90s. I, I decided to practice some sport and uh, suddenly one day uh, we had a dinner in a restaurant and uh, arrived a lot of kids. My brother and I, we play with them and the coach recommends to my dad to come over there to try karate in their dojo. How week before I had one situation in my school, there were two girls fighting. Actually, one girl hit another girl without reason. So I wanted to save her, to help her. And I start uh, protecting her. And in that moment, I finish in an office of principal who tried to explain me that I cannot hit anyone and i tried to explain him that i didn't hit i just protect the girl who was there um, doing nothing another girl provoke her hit her i mean it wasn't a nice so somehow i feel that i have to do something uh, not to be a hero but to help the girl who it was clear that she doesn't do anything that other girl bother her so uh, principal just repeat no it's not like uh, it's not your job to do that just just say that you wouldn't that anymore and i say no if i see again that someone bother another person who is weak and not enough strong to give back or protect i mean i will i will do the same so that was so hard conversation even that i was first class and seven years old i was there almost fighting with a principal in a school trying to explain him that uh, i want to protect people i want to help them 
somehow it finished that my parents had to come to the school and they say okay maybe for her it's good martial arts or but I was shy so it was strange it was more that I wanted to help however I start practicing karate and uh, I really enjoy and uh, it was sport that I found myself and it's not really like it's not really a traditional sport for a girl to do like I, in Croatia it's soccer is the big sport right so I feel like that would be the more mainstream thing to do so of everything why like were your parents very supportive of you joining I mean I guess so if they were if yeah. you were fighting in school no, no they they were yes they they were happy uh especially my dad who practiced boxing uh, and uh, my mom too because that was the moment that that year start war in my country so in that moment when war is it's like an anarchy it's not safe you never know what can happen a country is destroyed uh, uh, everywhere around you is just violence and uh, uh, parents are afraid for their kids the same happened with my parents so somehow they were happy in that moment that i choose karate and that i will be let's say ready to defend myself or at least find a way how to uh, protect myself in any dangerous situation so was i mean it's still small town we were really huge group like 150 kids and uh, it was enjoying we share we we practice in the same time and like i say my parents were happy with my decision and um you didn't start karate because there's two parts of karate there's the kata which is the very traditional learning the technique and then there's the kumite which is the fighting and what will often i guess most associate karate with is just the punches and the kicks and fighting with other people and so what made you make that transition from because you started with the kata and how did you go to becoming the eventually the world champion in kumite why was that the transition that you chose to do I think that's correct way. Uh, it should be like that to start with, uh, to build your technique, to understand what karate means, develop your muscle and your brain in the same time. And once you are ready, you are going to next step, which is kumite. Uh, honestly, uh, I don't like uh, today. You can find everywhere that kids after a few months they take a gloves and they start uh, fighting. I don't support that. I think this is the better way because uh, it's take a time. It's not enough just to build your muscle. It's not enough just to try a few times to hit and think that you can be a fighter. So for me, that's the best way. Like a five years, I did uh, just Kihon, which is technique. Then Kata, I, uh, I compete not many tournaments because it was clear that I'm doing the not so interesting, let's say. But I had to do that. And that was the first moment that I realized in my life it doesn't matter if I like or no. If I want to be successful, I have to do it. And I like it. I make myself, I set my mind. Okay, I want to, that's my goal. Whatever is on my way, I will do it. So the, the, the same happened with karate. And I, I practice uh, kihon, I practice kata. And suddenly I was like uh, 12 years old and I I told to my parents uh, one day I want to be a world champion. So they were like, uh, 
happy that I have high goals in karate, but also a little bit, you know, they are not from the, for, from karate. They don't know how it's going. Uh, they practice both of them. They like sport, they practice sport, but uh, I mean, they were my support, which was the most important. And uh, I mean, that's how I decide. So when I was like 12, 13 years old, I started uh, practicing more serious, uh, competing each weekend and uh, getting to the point to be a world champion. Yeah, and what I find really admirable is that at 13 years old, you knew you wanted to be world champion and it's like the training started right away. There was no like transition period. It's like 13 years old, you were training twice a day. You were doing everything that is needed to reach that level. And I find that is that's very young to have that kind of a drive and mindset. So what was the factor that was pushing you so hard at 13 years I, old? Yeah, in that moment, of course, I, I couldn't know what's going on. In that moment, I have my clear idea what I would like uh, to do in my life. But now, looking back, uh, I think it's, it's condition uh, in my childhood. Uh, so in a moment that you grew up during the war, everything is getting uh, so fast and so serious that you you don't have time to think about uh, daily kids or teenager problems so for me everything got so serious really really fast and early and uh, somehow uh, i mean i was for that age i was serious and uh, uh, because of war I, I I had to help my parents. Uh, I had to cook to try to find a way to help them out. So somehow in one moment, I realized that I can do that through sport. And uh, even that I, uh, how to say it, even that I, I didn't know what will be on that way to reach my, my goals. I, I was really, really... Um, really happy that I am able to do something that I decide to do. So I, I appreciate that I have opportunity to go to the dojo, knowing that some kids in my country, they don't have home anymore. Uh, they don't have clothes. They don't have, uh, actually, they don't have food to eat. So I appreciate really small things. And I think that makes me stronger. I had, that's really nice uh, anecdote, I had just one gi first 10 years in my, in my life. And I think those are details that make me stronger. That's uh, a small thing you appreciate more, hard condition make you stronger. And uh, I mean, you, you get clear that you, you know for what are you fighting for. Yeah, and I think, you know, you, I've spoken about, about this with you before, and it's that contrast of what you went through and versus like athletes in Canada versus the USA. Like we have good athletes, but we don't have that same drive from anybody who's coming from, for example, your country, Croatia, or I can even speak about my dad, who is also a karate athlete from Romania. You know, that drive is, we don't have that hardship that is giving us that we have no choice because I can ask you, how were you motivated? But it wasn't even just having that motivation. It was, you had no choice. This was the motivation came from you didn't have a choice. There was no nothing to fall back on if you didn't do this. Yeah, the point is that um, I mean you cannot create situation that you have in your country in your childhood. It's it's just like that. 
So what I what I can say, it's hard. Sometimes uh, uh, you I few times I watch the national team from rich countries, thinking, wow, what those guys have in case that I have all of that. I mean, who knows how many times I will be world champion? But I think that's not the true. Maybe that condition wouldn't make me stronger, mm-hmm. like um, my childhood and the situation that I have back in my country uh, did. So uh, somehow I think it's in one hand it's good because uh, that can build your motivation. Even that you not, don't think about that, but I mean the only way to do something is just like that. So um, when many times kids ask me about advice, about secrets. What's the secret? I mean, there is not clear answer because I can I can talk about my experience, but tomorrow, for example, to my son, it's a different way mm-hmm. because around him will be different condition. And uh, again, the, uh, but uh, one thing I want to say is that uh, with that hard situation, yes, you don't have problem with motivation. I mean, <laughs> you have you have to fight. That's it. You have to fight. And what I find really admirable is that you were doing it to help other people. Like your goal was to become world champion, but I know this about you and is that you don't care about all the medals you've won. You don't care how many times you've made the podium at the Worlds, at the European Championships. For you, it's just a piece of metal. What was more important for you was to be able to help the people around you. And I think that's a very admirable and exceptional thing that you've done. Yeah. In one moment, I mean, how my dad had to go to Germany uh, to work. To earn money because in the same moment my uh, uncle died so he wanted to support his kids too um, he moved for 10 years in a germany to work to be able to earn money to help his family and his uh, brother family too i also in that moment i realized that uh, we have enough in my family but also i wanted to be a part of of support and uh, in one moment i realized that with uh, result results i can receive some money from my city and i look like wow that's nice way to help to my family and uh, in one moment my uh, let's call salary was more than my dad's salary so i was happy i feel good that i can support my mom my dad my brother and make that hard situation pass faster. Yeah, and it was it was by 19 years old that you had become the world champion. So you started the the fighting at 13 years old, and it was I find what is that five years? It's six years uh, that you became world champion. I feel like that's a very short amount of time for a person to become world champion. And as I was saying, you don't even you, like your goal was not that gold medal on the podium. It was really just you wanted to help your family. So I think that that is a motivator that a lot of people don't have. And I think I I just want would like to know like how was that journey for those 5 years? What did that look like? For me it was interesting because for me it was a challenge that I make for myself and uh even that I compete before, that was more for like a hobby. Once in three months, uh, uh, not so serious, let's say. The moment that I decide to be serious, to reach my goal, I had tournament each weekend. I travel around Croatia, around Europe, uh, 
uh, my day look um, super professional even that i was i mean child i I had two training per day, school, uh, traveling uh, each weekend. So I, the parties that I enjoy, the all hard thing that happened to me, like an injury, I was tired, I arrived after tournament next day, it's an exam. I didn't mind. And I mean, for me, everything was nice because I push myself, I try to, to do my best and in that moment, even that I wanted to become a world champion, actually, I wanted to do uh, all that journey. I wanted to do as best as possible. So I push myself every day, every training to do the best thing. And whatever will happen at tournament, for me, that was okay. That's just one day. I have to live all year with my goals. So I never think about results like the most important i i push myself daily to make my routine enough good to deserve to to be on podium and what i find this is kind of an anecdote but a side note is that um we've spoken about this before but your favorite kind of training wasn't even in the gym and right now with corona i think that's a fun situation to touch on because you said your favorite thing was not training in a gym or a dojo it was outside and having to do it on your own so you want to just elaborate on that yeah honestly we didn't have a dojo uh, we were in a big venue of uh, handball volleyball basketball and in one corner we set before each training we set uh, tatami for ourselves few of us we did training and that's it so it wasn't dojo like a real dojo it was a the part in a venue where we did the training so for me uh, i didn't like it i don't like indoor space so i enjoy i enjoy to be in a nature uh, running um, there is a really nice um, sea walk um, in my in my uh, hometown where i did each morning like a jogging running nice stretching i found uh, one tree or whatever in nature i could use it and i did my training and for me that's mean more than than hours and hours in a venue in a dojo because i i i could practice more my mental strength not just the technique let's say like that which in a in the most important fights helped me more so I could see myself before World uh, Championship final. I could see myself in some of plays that I run each morning. Uh, I could make myself calm and uh, and feel like uh, that's normal, not not pressure. I, I didn't feel pressure or um, I feel like natural. I feel really good and uh, my training in a uh, nature help out a lot and it's the part that even today i love a lot i don't like to go to the gym i don't like to be in a venue if i have opportunity to be uh, in a forest around lake i will rather than <laughs> than any gym yeah and with uh you were saying you were speaking about visualization and being in that piece with nature and everything like that i think the visualization aspect I'd like to touch on because that mental side, especially competing at such a high level that you did achieve, what was, I'd like to know, like, what was your 
routine for visualization and preparing yourself mentally for these competitions because for people who don't know karate yes you're competing on weekends but you have more than one fight a day it's not like me for boxing there's one fight and i'm done you can have up to five fights six fights you can depending on your weight category it's a lot of fights in a day so you have to really be tough mentally and be ready every single time yes so that's uh, in karate sports uh, that's let's say a hard part because you have you have to be able to adapt like in a few minutes for a next opponent who is tough, who is strong. And uh, it can be five, six, seven fights. It depends. So, and it's in really short period. Like your division is done in one hour. Uh, for that, yes, you're, you have to be really ready mental, not just uh, physically. So uh, I, I don't know. For me, it was... It was really, really important mental part that I did, uh, like I told you, in a nature by myself. And uh, I didn't know in the beginning that I, I'm so strong with visualization. I visualize, I make everything, but in the beginning we didn't have uh, sport psychologists, we didn't have nutrition, nothing. So once... Later on, when I had opportunity through my Olympic uh, um, committee, when I had the uh, opportunity to meet all those experts, mm-hmm. I realized, oh my God, that I'm doing that for years. So what I want to say is that uh, that, uh, that was a part of my day, which I didn't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Yeah, no, I understand. It's like you were doing everything right, but you didn't have the access to the stuff that actually, it just turned out you were doing all the right things without actually knowing. Exactly, exactly. So what I think here, when I met many, uh, for example, United States athletes, they know that visualization exists. That's nice. It's something that we should do it as athletes. But I feel like they don't put that in their daily routine. So it's Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's not enough to have a knowledge about something. It's better that you don't have knowledge, but you do correct thing. Like, for example, happened to me. There is no one who, t- who told me in one moment, hey, do that, it's really worthy for, your, for you. Somehow I discovered that it's worthy. I did by myself. And years and years later, when I was a senior athlete, when uh, experts start talking to, to my team and my team member about that, I was okay, but I'm doing that for years. Like, What's new? <laughs> this so is that, that, to me. <laughs> exactly. Something that was a part of my routine. Years later, I discover like, uh, okay, I'm really strong to visualize things. I use that every day. So I think it's important uh, for me that I, I start doing that when I was like a 14 years, 13 years old girl. That helped a lot. But like I told you, it helped a lot because it was my routine. And not just that someone told me that that exists and it's cool to do that uh, not before important tournaments. I mean, I did that really daily, daily and for years. And not just like the visualization, but also like before every fight, what would you, would you say you had one thing that you would do? Like, would you, aside from visualization, because I imagine you would think through your fight before you would do every fight. You would like visualize every fight when you were when you were competing and you had multiple fights a day. I can imagine that you would visualize every single fight that you were about to go do. Yes, I, I did. I did in my period or when I prepare myself, I did. 
some girls I knew it, some girls I couldn't know before important tournament, but the most of them that I knew it, I always imagine what I'm doing, what are they doing, and uh, uh, that was the way how I prepare myself. So when I when I fight with them, I felt like I already did that mm-hmm. somewhere in in uh, on the beach in my city. I already have that power to control situation, to feel calm and uh, really good during the fight. I can say that I really enjoy the moment when I went to fight. Sometimes I was so calm that like uh, I wanted to smile a little bit, not because I don't respect my opponents because i was really like a happy i the day of tournament make me feel even stronger more calm and happier because it's something that uh, i wait so long and i knew it that i'm ready for for that medal and for the podium one really one really important thing one really important thing when i knew it that i'm ready and uh, I could bet that, uh, I mean, I will be on the podium. It's the moment when a day of tournament, I walk, when I wake up, when I start going to the venue, I could see so, so many detail, like slow motion. So I was able to focus some detail that usually I couldn't do in my regular daily mm-hmm. in my in my life i don't know during the fight i could see what is the judge on the side doing but but like a, uh, without losing a focus on on my opponent uh, or uh, walking to to my uh, tatami to i could see i don't know detail but in the same moment have a focus so clear so with that i don't know how to explain with that feeling i feel really really powerful and I, 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 I'm just curious because I feel like here, like now we're fluffed with the psychologists and our nutritionists and everything. We're almost very, almost too taken care of in a sense. So I, I'd love to know because you, you were in a weight controlled sport also as am I. And I think how is the weight cutting for you not having access to these resources? For me, it was really hard part. Uh, because I I like cooking, I mm. love to eat good food. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, my, and my mom prepare really good food. She cook uh, delicious uh, food. And uh, uh, in the beginning, for me, it was hard because I mean she didn't know she cook uh, whatever, so I ate that without knowing that it's not the best way to cut my weight. And uh, what I did, I ran. I ran every day, 10 kilometers, 8, 12, doesn't matter. I ran a lot. And even that uh, coaches, they, re- they, they don't recommend that. For me, it was a good way to cut my weight. Later on, I, I ran less to keep uh, my muscle fresh for a fight. And I... I had uh, access to some knowledge about nutrition. So yes, I, I took care more than in the beginning. That's for sure. But yeah, that, that part was hard because I never make like a um, um, strict diet. Mm-hmm. Even a week before tournament, if I feel I want to eat a piece of bacon, I did. So yeah, I... What? I think that's I healthy was, too to be able to do that and to a certain extent. Yeah. I feel like that's able to allow yourself. That's also healthy. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was, I was 
it for me was hard because I cut five kilos, seven, eight kilo. I cut a lot. And um, I mean, in the moment that I have muscle, which is even harder, but I, I mean, it was a process. I did for a month. Uh, I pushed myself uh, and uh, I don't know. It, it was hard. That part actually was one of the hardest of my career. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i purposely choosing right now to just fight at a category that's closer to my natural weight because the weight cutting is something that I struggle with a lot. And I, you know, that food aspect is something that I can get stressed about. So for now, seeing as I'm working my way up, I focus more on, you know, my actual fighting versus having to cut weight all the time. And I think that's important to realize, like, your level, your level will decide for you whether this is even necessary or not. Um, and yeah, you fought, how tall are you? I'm 168 centimeter. I don't know in uh, in feet. Okay, I'm 160. Yes. I'm 163. So I think you must be five six, five seven ish. And you fought yes. in the 55, 53 and 55. Yes. Yeah, 53. that's really that's little. I yes, I hold 53, 55, and I which is a lot. It's it was minus 15 centimeter of my uh, height, which in one moment it's like. Uh, in some sport where athletes really thin, I mean, I was just with bones sometimes. That yeah. was my mom, of course, she didn't like it. But why I pushed that? Because uh, I did just for uh, big tournaments like European mm-hmm. World Championships, uh, like uh, World Games, Combat yeah. Games, uh, not during the whole year, twice, let's say twice per year. And that was one more tool that made me count before tournaments because mm-hmm. my, uh, my, um, focus was on my weight so i like um i months 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 before tournament i prepare myself thinking about my opponent too but the last few weeks uh, focus was just on me how to cut my weight so i i didn't think anymore about my opponent which is good because i think sometimes high level athletes they in one moment they start they pay attention more about their opponent than than themselves so of course you have to analyze your opponents. You have to uh, know what are they doing. Think about them. Visualize. That's correct. But you have to find the balance uh, when and how much. It cannot be. Sometimes I don't agree that athletes think more about their opponent than themselves. So mm-hmm. for me to cut my weight in one moment when I could choose the vision, I decide to stay 53 or 55 minus. Uh, to cut my weight because I knew it that that made me think more about myself and have focus on me because if I didn't think about weight I start thinking like too too uh, too much about my opponent which I didn't like so it was also tricky I found like a one more one more tool to get better stronger and focus on myself yeah, so I mean, that is a, like you're making me think of that. Yes, that is true. Like, even when I do have to cut maybe the two kilos I cut, I mean, yeah, it definitely is your focus is on yourself. And also, what I find a little bit cooler about karate is I don't know if it was still, it was if it has changed, but you only weigh in once for the weekend for your tournaments. You weigh in once for your tournament, right? That's helpful because yeah. in, the moment that I, in the moment that I fought, fought minus 53, uh, Weighing was on Thursday and my fight on Saturday, so I had literally two days to recover really good. So actually, mm-hmm. on the day, day on the fighting, I was under division for sure, like three four <laughs> kilo 
three four kilo over the my weight gain weight that yeah. day. So yeah, yeah but now now they change now it's uh, harder because vegan is uh, the same day and uh, you have frequently more tournament you have so many premier league which are really important for your ranking for olympic games so uh, honestly in case that i'm competing now i i don't believe that i will be able to keep the division because it's too hard I mean, it's 10 times per year, at least 10 times per year, so many traveling. So it's hard to keep that division like I, I was able to do it back like a five, 10 years ago. And now, because for boxing, that's the thing. It's every day that you are competing in tournaments. It's every morning you have to weigh in. And even if it's more frequent, it's still more stressful because it's like we're staying up until maybe two in the morning in sauna suits, you know, every day of our tournament to just sweat out our weight because we need to eat to be able to compete. But it's because we haven't been probably eating enough to compete. <laughs> so it's like we need to eat to get energy. And it's just like this vicious cycle. So that is one thing that I find cool about karate. I don't know if you answered, but is it still once for the tournament? Yes, it's just one. It's still, it's still like that. Because your uh, your division, it's like in one hour. So, for example, your weigh-in, it's 8 in the morning that day. And first division starts around 10. So, let's say your division, it's at 12. For mm. example, your division is uh, at 12. So, at 1 p.m., you are done. Mm-hmm. So, like in one hour, uh, they for organization, I mean, they, they make one weigh-in and that's it. Then you compete. So, because you have in a row like five, six fights, so there is not time to do more waiting. Yeah, but I mean, like if you let's say you make the finals on a Sunday, do you have to wait? No, 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 no. That's you, it. Yeah. you are you are calm. You're you clear. Can you can have your pizza. You can have your whatever. You just need to be able to compete. Oh, yeah. I love that though. That's that that would be a game changer if that was allowed. Mm, yeah, that's that's true. That's true, and they, I, that's with I. I mean, with waiting, it's interesting. And so at the same time, you were, you were pursuing university studies as you were, because what was your, what years were you like at your prime? Because you competed for a very long time. How long did you actually, how long was your career? Uh, my karate career. Wow. Yeah. I start, I start like officially my first tournament, uh, uh, my first world championship was 2002 and I stopped 2016. Yeah. Okay. So that's about. That's that's fourteen years. Four- yes, like fifteen yeah. years. Let's say fifteen years. Fifteen years in a senior division. It's like a, because I count once I was eighteen years old. Before I don't count, which doesn't mean that I wasn't competing. Of course, I did for national team and many fights in cadet junior division, but I count fifteen years to stay in a senior national that high team. level. That yes, high level, and yes. so. What I find very interesting and that I'd love to know actually even for myself, because I'm pursuing university studies and you were doing this at the same time uh, for while you were do, like you were 18 to I don't know when you finished your university studies, but there's a big chunk there that you were trying to get a degree as I think a lot of athletes are trying to do. So how did you balance that? For me, I, for me the hardest period was in high school mm-hmm. because I, I was shy. I didn't like to talk uh, to my teachers. I'm athletes. Uh, some of them, they show me on TV and then they ask me, hey, why you never mention, why you never tell us anything about your sport? I didn't like, uh, you know, to talk about that. So I pushed myself to do in the school, whatever I can do it. 
and uh, I in those four years in high school it was hard so university for me was uh, pretty easy I I didn't suffer a lot and as um, I already had the world I was world medalist when I was 18 years old so in my country I have some benefit in case that I'm not able to go um, to to university to listen a lesson I I could uh, I could uh, how to say uh, I could miss classes mm -hmm. so they that part was less stressful regarding the university so I I learned in the beginning that I have to make my rhythm doesn't matter if I'm at university the part I'm sad now is that we couldn't have zoom classes which yeah. I guess most kids around the world now they are really sad because they have zoom classes but uh, from my eyes I would like to have that uh, opportunity because I travel a lot and sometimes it was really hard to catch uh, uh, subject what uh, your friends did and it's really I think it's really helpful if we know how to use it so I miss that part because my that was at my economy university mm -hmm. my second university regarding the coaching at kinesiology faculty is uh, uh, it's the one that I did online so 2016 it was that opportunity in my country at one university and I chose that program to do everything online. So when start all this pandemic euphoria and yeah. <laughs> all problems, let's say I was ready. I was ready and uh, I already, this year I graduated and uh, it was everything online. So somehow uh, Zoom classes, Zoom training and everything what the uh, pandemic make us to do I, I actually i'm not so sad i mean i would like to be with people and not through zoom but how i was let's say ready i used to have that classes and everything i i i found like interesting yeah that's that's the one thing that because i think i'm one of the very few people also that is very okay with online learning because i have to travel it's two hours to drive to school two hours to come back so it's like four hours in my day where i could be studying but then i have like there's four hours at the end of my day that's training where it's like just driving to training training for let's say two hours coming back it's like my gym is not close to my house so there's a lot of time that's lost because i'm going to the actual school building whereas when the gyms were open and school was online i was thriving i'm like this is my best life ever <laughs> i love this it's yeah. just it's just right now school is online and the gyms are closed so it's not so fun but it's okay <laughs> for example that's that's one of the secrets i think for my success one of the secrets i call that my lucky triangle because in my case growing up i had school or university later my home and my uh, dojo really close like mm -hmm. a five minutes uh, walking university five minutes by car so i always say to people why i could do it uh, both career at yeah. university and in sport it's because i i never uh, waste my time traveling mm -hmm. so i i walk literally five minutes to my school two minutes to my gym so it's something that um, saves time for you during the day. So if yeah. you have to spend two, three, four hours in a transport, 
you miss those four hours for something worthy that you can do for yourself to build uh, your sport or uh, go to you to I, I mean for me that was really important I always mention about my lucky triangle yeah no I 100% agree that is the one thing of school could be it's just because in it, it like t- the English universities are just in Montreal which is not near where I live it's about a 40 minute drive without traffic so that's the one thing that I would change like I find I'm so jealous of everyone who like lives next to the school like I could move out but then that's a whole other like then you're working to replace the hours of it's it's just it's just you know it's all over the place but it's okay we we were thankful for what we do have (laughs) yeah that's that's true in the end you have to use what you have and what we talk about for example condition I have when was war in my country it's not the best it's something that uh, no one shouldn't pass through but in the end I always say you have to find the best and push yourself it doesn't matter what is around you there is always the way and uh, i always say if you have better condition doesn't mean that you will get uh, success successful because it's i mean it's not about that maybe just that uh, way uh, driving somewhere for an hour make you you know stronger and give you motivation because to be able to do your training uh, you know what sacrifice you did. Yeah. So for me, for me, it's always the way how to look positive uh, in in uh, what you are doing in your life. So even if it's hard, you can always put opposite and uh, look uh, nice. Like, okay, that make me stronger. Look what I'm doing just to be there. So if I do that to come to practice, I mean, I cannot do bad training. <laughs> I will do my best yeah. because I already uh, did so huge sacrifice. I'm, I'm always, I learn myself uh, at university through my sport to motivate myself daily like that. And always, uh, I mean, think that uh, there is something positive in what we are doing. Yeah, and that's something that you've touched on before, and it's that you you taught yourself to like the things that were hard, and that actually coincides with something that I've said um, before on the show, and it's choosing your hard. So it's like both both situations would be equally as hard. You could choose to not train as hard as you did, but you're living in a country of war, which is equally as hard. So both are hard situations. You just have to choose which hard you're wor- you're going to choose to fight for, you know? And yeah, I think- exactly. So I think that's uh, very cool. So I'm actually very curious. Um, I feel like I know the answer to this, but was there ever a time in your career that you felt you wanted to quit? Uh, Later, when I get uh, serious athletes, no. Actually, in the beginning, after five years, before I start competing and before I decide what my goal will be, I was like trying other sport, uh, uh, table tennis, volleyball. I sh- in one moment I practiced shooting, so I try everything because I I was let's say sports type uh, of person and I enjoy other sports too. So in one moment for me it was more interesting something new, which I think it's um, uh, typical for kids. So if you have opportunity, okay, one day you try this sport, then you want to try and it's normal but uh, like uh i was let's say in my family doesn't exist word something it's boring something uh, you cannot do it uh, you are tired things like that so even if i was tired of my sport because it was so hard i i never had that sentence in my head 
sometimes, to be honest, uh, high-level sport can be pretty boring because you have to repeat thousand and thousand times uh, the same punch or kick. So yes, most of normal people will say, hey, this is boring. What about this? I have to repeat, repeat. and I mean, but how I grew up and my mom never used those kind of sentence for me. But okay, that's something that I have to do. Let's do it. I, even with injury that make you think, okay, should I come back or no? Maybe this is a sign to stop with sport. Uh, uh, wow, it's about my health. And, but always I... I had hard moments, but always I make my story in other direction, direction that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And was there ever any moment, let's say, for, like, let's say your teenage years, you know, you're in school, you have people that aren't necessarily have, that don't necessarily have the same mindset or the same vision that you do. So how did you deal with like people trying to maybe deviate you from your path? Of course it happened because uh, uh most of the friends they they couldn't keep their focus in things that they are doing because in one moment uh, they are things what make you uh, quit or it's too hard or you are not enough successful or you are too curious about a bunch of things around you so for me i uh, i always think that um, it's their weakness Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go there. Okay, I understand that maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm enough crazy, not uh, uh, enough good. Maybe I'm just enough crazy to do what I decide to do. Uh, first thing, I never thought I'm um, missing something. I think that in teenager ages, uh, the biggest problem is that uh, people think, oh my God, uh, they hang out, so good party, I miss that. I never feel like that. I always think, wow, I travel, I visit one nice uh, city, I share with my friends, we also have fun. So, so I think, okay, but I get more this weekend because uh, I can stay in uh, two years or in uh, 10 years in my city and party, right? In case that I want. So that that wasn't my uh, i wasn't interesting in those kind of things so uh, that was first and second i i think that it's just weakness what make us during the teenager age uh, to think like um hey that's that's stupid of course i heard so many times of my friends hey that's so stupid you suffer uh you uh, do you think that you will earn money with your sport or always you know negative thing Mm-hmm. Which my, my answer was, okay, that's the way how you are looking. For you, it's more interesting to party. You see, I don't know, you see what important benefits are for you. For me, are different. So I, I found a way to, let's say, defend myself and keep focus. Yeah, you choose to not surround yourself with those people anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if they're trying to hold you back, you just, okay, we're not friends anymore. This is done. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like that, I mean. Yeah. Today I have, I have many friends from university, from primary, even from primary school. Uh, but let's say the strongest connection I have, it's with my ex-team member. Because mm-hmm. we really passed through a hard situation. We had training camp in one moment that's really interesting after war. We have some of training camps in an um, army base. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. that's serious. It's like, yeah. it's really, for us, it was important because, you know, you are a little bit relaxed in your sport, but once when soldiers are around you, you get like serious. Oh my God. Like, so 
all that uh, system and all the um, uh, period that we uh, practice together, travel together, make our connection really strong. Because it wasn't just party. You could see uh, your friends in a hard moment, in weak moment. Uh, I mean, without makeup, uh, it's not just, okay, let's have a coffee or let's hang out. So you are a few hours with them. You literally live with them and you know, you know how they are and uh, you accept the good and the bad part of them. So in one moment you realize how much you love them and how much they mean for you. So yes, I have many friends, but the one from sport are the strongest relations. Yeah, because you, you're literally living with each other while you're getting like beaten, like you're fighting. You're you're fight. So I think those who fight together, you know, it's it's a bond that you can't explain to anyone else because you're seeing each other either get like for all you worked for, you either see it get destroyed, you either see them like the highest moments of their careers, the lowest moments of the careers. And so I actually I want to ask, like, what would be your favorite memory of all your years of competition? Favorite regarding the sport or my friends? Uh, uh, any, well, um, both. You could say both. But more uh, like, I guess, sport oriented. Yeah, like your yeah, favorite they, in your career. Wow, there are so many. There are so many. But the moment, the moment I, I, uh, I reached my goals 2003, uh, World Championship, in, it was in Marseille in France. It was the first time that my childhood goal happened and I, I was like, wow, in that podium and uh, it was, for me, it was amazing. Like in one moment, in, in a 10 seconds through my head passed all what I built for a years to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really important, and uh, in my memory, it stays so strong. Later, the all results I have, so many, even more important than that one, are like okay. Because once I uh, if the tournament finish, I couldn't celebrate too long because next tournament is coming soon. So okay, let's go, let's work, and uh, but that one I will remember always because it's the first time that you show to yourself, okay, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Even that you are clear about your dream, about your goal, okay, that's what you, it's your wish. And now it became your reality. Mm-hmm. So that moment that I showed to myself that my dream came true and uh, I did it, it was really important because I knew it that I can repeat again and again. So uh, I remember... Uh, I celebrate like a uh, 24-hour. Once I arrive home, I start with a new program for the next tournament. So I, I was like, okay, I did it. What's the next? <laughs> Not because I appreciate, I was thankful, I was happy, but I was clear. Okay, now I show that I can do it. Let's repeat. Okay, now after so many years, that's what I did. Uh, it's time to do more. So after that, it was a little bit more like a routine. Uh, it was more professional. Mm-hmm. The, first, the first result was like um, a child dream that uh, came through. After was, okay, now I'm there. I belong to that podium and let's do it. <laughs> the podium so it is was, now mine. Uh, now, yes, podium is now mine. It's not that <laughs> I, I, 
I respect my opponent. I appreciate. I knew it, how hard it's even harder to repeat than do first time, but I had proved that, that I can do it. So why I shouldn't repeat? Mm-hmm. If I'm healthy, if uh, I don't suffer with any injury, I should repeat, right? Right. Okay, let's do it. So it was like that. It was. It was like that. Not that I was. I was really humble. I. I didn't talk with people like, hey, you know what? I was world champion. No, I didn't talk. For me, that was like a one period. Okay, let's go. I just pass the pass the page. You know. So for me now, right away came out a second goal. Let's repeat. And how it was already my routine because the hardest part, which I think for athletes, it's their teenager ages, how the hardest part, I stay strong. I, I, I couldn't see the problem to not uh, keep going the same direction. Mm-hmm. So the moment that I, and my condition get better, I... Uh, also, I was in a moment, okay, if that hard period uh, during the war, if a hard period when my family suffer and uh, uh, we didn't have enough money, if uh, when I uh, didn't know if my dream will come true, if everything passed good, why now when conditions get better, I shouldn't stay the same or even better? So. Yeah, I keep fighting even stronger and uh, I enjoy and I did my my job like uh, like uh, that was really my routine. Yeah, and I think that's really, I mean, I think something that I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of athletes, once they reach that big surreal goal, like reaching the, getting gold at the world championships at 19 years old, I feel like a lot of athletes, they work so long towards that goal that once they achieve that goal, they're like, okay, now what? And I think maybe, don't quote me on this, but a lot of athletes will stop because they're like, okay, I've achieved my goal. Now what? So yeah, that happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but so how did you, so besides, so I find it really cool that you're like, okay, I've achieved this now. So let's see how often, like you were always like, okay, let's see how often I can actually do this where I feel like your motivation just kind of stayed. And I feel like that's very admirable. I I admire that as an athlete too. I'm like, okay. I see you going and you're like, I got this, but now I want to do more, bigger, better, faster, stronger, where I think a lot of athletes would have been like, okay, I did this. Let's move on now. In my case, uh, I mean, with my experience, it's the point is that I, uh, my, that was my lifestyle. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everything regarding the sport was my routine. I think that many athletes and many of my ex team member, they, they burn. I say they burn with that um, hard and tough uh, uh, sport system, many mm-hmm. travel, many tournament, many injury and the repeat. And so they, it's hard. So in one moment when they reach their goal and they make results, they get tired and they say, okay, forget, this is too hard. Uh, so many compromise and they stop, they quit. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, I make, I really make my, um, everything regarding my sport, like my lifestyle. So karate for me was the part of my routine. And I think that's the answer uh, because like I told you, I, I miss, of course, many parties, many birthdays, many weddings, but somehow I always try to make my life um, uh, the same. So it doesn't matter if, it's, uh, if I had my training, 
doesn't matter if I don't have tournament that weekend. My dad is doing barbecue. I'm going first to run. I come back and I share with people, which many people will say, oh, no, I mean, tournament is in three months. Uh, wow, I will stay here enjoying. So for me, it was different. I had my rhythm and I keep my rhythm during the whole year and years and years. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, for me, that's the answer. I, I did my sport really as my routine. And I, I could also in the moment when I had a university or other thing, I try to make together with my sport. I can say it's hard. There is mm -hmm. not many people that can, they want to do that. Maybe they can mm -hmm. do it, but they don't want to do like that. But I enjoy in that rhythm. And for me, that was nice challenge. And uh, my routine that I, I just push myself and I enjoy to know that uh, I'm still there trying to give my best. So that's, I didn't burn. Let's say I didn't burn because I, I put that like my routine. Yeah. It was just part of your life. And it was like, this is just what I do. So now my next question would be, how was the adaptation after, you know, after you retired, how was it? Cause I mean, you've told me before you tried to retire for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it happened. It, okay, actually, actually I always think, okay, uh, uh, let me compete. This is, this will be my last tournament because I already graduated. Uh, I had a job. I had, I opened my dojo. So things get like uh, harder because I had many injuries. So I, I asked myself, wow, what if I repeat? I don't know how many times. I mean, I was boring for myself in one moment uh, because if I, if I get gold, I wasn't so happy like before because mm -hmm. it's routine, right? Mm -hmm. When something is routine, why should you be, wow, like uh, uh, so exciting about your results? You are not. Yeah. So, and if I lost, I was, oh my God, how that happened. So when I compare happiness after my uh, tournament in case that I get medal, and when I compare that with sadness in case that I lost, doesn't work. Because, okay, I can be sad if I lose the fight, but I have to be so happy if I win. And I, I, I wasn't so happy anymore because it mm. was routine. So I told to myself, okay, this isn't, I mean, it doesn't work like this. I have to be happy and I'm just sad if I lose, but if I win, okay, that's normal for me. Mm -hmm. So like uh, almost 10 years in a row, I say, no, it's enough. It's enough. <laughs> but again, how already became my routine, I come back again and again. So I, uh, I make my own rhythm uh, with training, with, uh, I had better access to nutrition. So that was the part that I could enjoy more. For me, it was mm -hmm. interesting. Wow, look, nutrition helped me now to cut my weight. Or I have physiotherapists every day, so they will... Uh, recover everything what I destroyed that day. Many, I I start enjoying the access um, usually high level athletes around the world have. So that was again, let's say, new challenge, new part, make me feel good and enjoy more. So that's somehow prolonged my career mm -hmm. for a ten years almost. I mean, I'm excited for my routine to be getting gold at the world championships. I'm excited for that to be routine for me. <laughs> No, no, it can happen. It's nice. No, that's not. And I, with, with, with routine that I had, I had in my routine in other sport. I had my university. I work, uh, I mean, uh, for, before 2012 World Championship in Paris, when I got uh, silver, 
three mm-hmm. months I work in a, it's like Croatian lottery. So I work with uh, every day, like a six, seven hour in the office. Then I did my training and uh, somehow it's, I prepare myself. Even that I already was really strong and good athletes. I had other career. In mm-hmm. that moment, second career uh, with my university, with some job, uh, in one moment with my dojo, because 2000, 2010, I opened my dojo. So I, let's say I set everything for the moment when it will be clear that I will quit for real and not just <laughs> talking that I'm planning to quit. And I think that's really important because today, once you are high level professional athletes that you receive money, you have salary, and in one moment, you don't think about anything else because just sport, it's in, in your life important. Once you stop, oh my God, you have a problem. What to do now? Mm-hmm. And even this way I had, it's harder because you have to build uh, in the same time uh, both career. It's, it's make you quit easier because you already set something else for, for, you, for your new beginning. Yeah. And how was, because I mean, I think it's very clear that you definitely identified with your sport and you were very much like it was your routine, it was your lifestyle, it was training. So how was the adaptation of when you finally did retire, how did you deal with, you know, adapting to that? First few, first year, it was a little bit hard because I... I used to travel to share with people and the uh, normal life for me was like not so exciting. You used to have a, a bombastic thing in your life. Yeah. You know, everything is everything is huge, everything is important. You are travel uh, to another continent, there is a fight, newspaper talking about you, TV. Uh, I mean, everything is so huge and so big and suddenly you have regular life, normal job, and wow, it can be like not stressful, but it's strange, it's different, and you miss uh, that adrenaline. Mm-hmm. I, I really love it. I love it when I feel that feeling that I'm ready, I want to fight. And then second thing is, wow, what is my next goal? So you are like not in a panic, but you want to set your goals. You want to be clear what you have to do next year. And that's the part that if um, you didn't set your life with something else, it's hard for athletes. Mm -hmm. Many, many high-level athletes, they have a serious problem with that, especially if their focus was just in sport, nothing else. So that's, that's hard. So it was a benefit that you equally had an interest in your university studies and you had stuff that you wanted yeah. to do outside. I agree. I, I have a question because I didn't actually plan on asking this, but so for the listeners who are listening, I just, there's something that I find very interesting that my parents also experience, and it's that karate tends to bring couples together. My parents met through karate and you met, you're from Croatia and you met your husband who was fighting for the Venezuelan team. And now you have a beautiful mixed baby living in the United States. So I'm very curious, how did you meet Caesar? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was, of course, a tournament, the, the yes. karate tournament. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it was 2008 that I saw him first time. But I mean, I'm shy person. Mm-hmm. And it happened a year that he he saw me and uh, step by step, we start chatting, we meet each other. And uh, once we realized that we really like each other, we realized that doesn't work. 
I mean, to see each other each two, three months in a different part of the world. So mm -hmm. yes, we decided to do huge, serious step. And the uh, United States was an option and that's it. Were you the living rest, how The rest is, is history. <laughs> the rest is history. No, I just find that very, that very cool because it's like for anybody who's listening, who's feeling alone, it's just, there is the person for you out there. It's just, they might be on another continent. <laughs> So that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to find them eventually. You just not be, might be in the same country as you. Um, yeah. So, okay. Very, okay. I just wanted to address that point because it's something I find very special because it no, happened with I my parents too. Honestly, honestly, I'm not the person who has American dream. That mm -hmm. wasn't the reason that I move over here uh, at the moment to Florida. Mm -hmm. I, I just believe in love. So my reason to move, uh, it was my husband says that mm -hmm. uh, not anything else so yes I back like I don't know 10, 10 years ago I couldn't imagine myself that I would have a boyfriend from another city mm -hmm. and it happened it happened that it's not from the same continent so yeah not even the same first know. language nothing so you never know yeah, and I just find that very special, so I wanted to address that. Um, so, okay, so we're coming up to my final question. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think this was very insightful, and I love talking to you. I mean, I, I love talking to you at all times, but this is very nice. Um, so I would love to know what your favorite quote or mantra is that you live by every single day. What is my favorite? Can you repeat? Quote, like a quote or something that you tell yourself every day. Let's say you're facing a hard situation, like words that you live by. Uh, it's like a motto yes exactly if it's in croatian it's fine just uh, you can translate it if you want okay so the you can take so a moment for me, to think about it yeah yeah i know what but we take a time to say that on english right so i apologize for my bad english uh i will explain a little uh -huh. bit longer like so my like uh, for me uh the most important every day when i wake up is uh, to make my day like a worthy to know that I did something uh, something good something important which doesn't mean that it has to be always uh, huge like a world championship medalist mm -hmm. but a small thing like I say in the beginning of this conversation the my routine which I like to make um, full of uh, small important things for me. So for me, it's the same important like um, stand up of podium. It's um, uh, to, to make a, a pizza alone at my house by myself since the beginning, not to buy uh, everything to, to make, to bake my bread, to make my pizza, to cook, to uh, those small details because for me the process of daily regular simple thing is really important that make our routine and our routine will make uh, our success in the mm -hmm. end so what i want to say with this is that today i think people uh, forget how important it's all process not to uh, get just final product okay uh, which i mean like um uh, Many people know what you have to do to reach uh, good performance or make results in a sport. There is so many books, so many good coaches who can help you out. Um, everyone talk about happiness. Uh, everyone talk about how to be successful. There is not a book. Mm 
And I think people forget those little things that honestly, I'm trying to pay attention every day more and more about small things, about my routine and feel happy that I did I did like I bake a bread because I have to prepare everything day before do that next day. So uh, regarding the daily thing, I'm trying to, to do my best to enjoy and do all process and uh, um, to make my day interesting, enjoy my day and always feel that I improve and I don't need improve. I'm happy if my bread next time is better than last time doesn't need to be just my training or something big that uh, people around the world will look at me. With sport happened that yes, people say, wow, this girl is good in sport. But now I, I'm happy if my husband, if my son tomorrow uh, can say the same for some daily things. So, so that makes me happy. That's my goal. And uh, uh, to build my day like... Um, uh, interesting the process yeah exactly and that's that's for me the most important and that's something to i think like um uh i think that those details which make our routine create our life really nice if we pay attention yeah it's like and doesn't to... need, it doesn't need to be anymore doesn't need to be something uh so bombastic it can be because in the end I became a world championship world champion in the end I became a world champion because my routine was correct. Yeah. I want talent it's one side the hard training everything is fine but my routine and the years and years doing that make me so strong and so successful. The same is what I want to do with my life the rest of my life with other other things not just with sport. Yeah, and it's just like saying enjoying the journey, enjoying the process and appreciating the little things because it's often the little things that you do consistently that will lead to the big results. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had fun. Please make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button to help this podcast grow. If you know someone who you think would also enjoy it, share it with a friend, post it on your Instagram stories, tag me. I'd love to see what you guys have to say about the show. You can find me on Instagram at Yanafilio, or you can follow the show at Unbound Podcast to keep up with content, guests, and more. So that is all for me today, guys. I had so much fun. I'll see you next Wednesday. Until then, get out there and kick some ass.